Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Glad to hear it. Well, when I was in high school, I lived every kid's dream and started a food fight with my friends. We had this all planned out. When the clock struck 11-11, we were going to unleash chaos. Because I knew this food fight was coming, I loaded my tray, asked for extra helpings of vegetables when I went through the line. I went to the salad bar for the first and only time in my high school career, grabbed five apples from the fruit cart, took my place at my usual lunch table and waited for the clock to strike 11-11. And when it did, one brave kid among us stood up and yelled, food fight. Chaos ensued. I threw my lunch tray over my head, just showering my peers. My friend slapped me in the face with a handful of mustard. I wasn't even mad at him. It was awesome. I dumped a thing of chocolate milk on his head. I then threw an apple, hit an assistant principal. That's where baseball practice came into play right there. It was awesome. It seemed like it lasted for five minutes, but the reality was within seconds, administrators, school resource officers, teachers were on the scene sending everyone scattering. I snuck out a side door emergency exit, found a way back into the school, went to a bathroom. Because I knew the food fight was happening that day, I packed a change of clothes in my backpack, changed into those clothes, exited the bathroom looking as fresh as a spring flower and went to science class having never been caught. Now, believe it or not, that food fight was the very reason I first became friends with people who helped me become like Jesus. Let me explain. So the next day I go to school, all of my friends who I usually sat with had been suspended for a week. I had nobody to sit with. And so I had to go find a new group of people. I sat next to this guy in my history class. His name was Taylor. Met Taylor's friends. They actually invited me to youth group. I went to youth group, went to a worship service. After the worship service, I went to small group. There I met a cowboy with the thickest accent you've ever heard. I met a peer of mine at school who had a learning disability I'd never spoken to. I met a homeschooler for the first time, I did not know you could go to school at home, and a host of other characters. It was the most eclectic group I had ever been a part of, but it was with them that I first became friends with people who helped me become like Jesus. And I'm eternally grateful to have spent most every Wednesday night of my high school career with those guys. We're starting a new sermon series today called Godly Wisdom for Godly Living. We're looking at the wisdom literature in the Bible. Uh, Books like Proverbs, which Proverbs is like the Twitter of the Bible, right? Short, pithy statements. It was written by King, not pithy, (laughs) King Solomon wrote the the book of Proverbs. Elon Musk is like the richest person in the world, might be buying Twitter here soon. Solomon was the richest man in the world at his time. Books like Ecclesiastes, which is like your friend's blog, who's actually a pretty good writer. Doesn't always make sense, but can't get published. Doesn't have a whole lot of recognition. Uh, Books like Song of Solomon, it's like the tender of the Bible. We won't be jumping too much into that, but uh, wisdom literature in the Bible, seeking godly wisdom for practical godly living in areas that affect every single one of us. Today's topic is friendship, friendship. Now, I know there's different types of people in the room. Some of you are the social butterflies. You want to have as many friends as you possibly can. By a show of hands, who is that in the room? Raise your hand. You love people, love being around them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, relax. You don't have to be friends with everyone, okay? The Bible does not say that. 
Now, introverts, people who are more quiet, would prefer silence and solitude over fellowship time. By a show of hands, where are you at, okay? Relax. You don't have to be friends with everyone, okay? But we all need to be friends with someone, or maybe two or three someones, who are helping us become like Jesus. The author of Ecclesiastes wrote this in his blog. I'm just kidding, his scriptures. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We were created to live in community with one another. This is not a surprise because we are created in the image of a communal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who lives within community within his own self. We were created to live in community. But we live in the Western world. And the Western world does not value community as much as the Eastern part of the world. We value privacy. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that we have to recognize, critique, so that we can live in the way of Jesus by also living in community. The Lone Ranger, the rugged individualist, these are archetypes that have been idealized in our society. And there is virtue and personal responsibility and hard work which these archetypes embody. But we can't do this alone. There should be no Lone Rangers in the kingdom of God. We should all have friends, community, who we're following Jesus with. Some of you might resonate with that Lone Ranger, rugged individualist mentality. If that is you, if you're not all that excited about talking about friendship, then I'm just gonna ask that you would in this moment humble yourselves to approach the wisdom of God in the scriptures to see how he might make you more like Jesus by becoming friends with other people. Now, I'm not saying that you don't already have friends. I'm just saying you know who you are because sometimes I'm like that. There are other people in the room who the word friendship brings up a, a memory of pain uh, maybe you've been abandoned by a friend in a tough time. Maybe you've been backstabbed by a friend a time or two. We all have our stories. I do, you do. Regardless, friendship is important. Psychology Today did a study on the relationship between friendship and physical health. And their findings concluded that those with strong social connections, i.e. friendships, have a 50% greater survival rate, meaning they live longer, they live stronger, they're harder to kill. They said, they said, so you don't need CrossFit, you need friends, okay? So they said it's, it's, it's about loneliness or isolation is about as damaging to your physical health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I'm not all that surprised by this. Why? Because we're created in the image of a communal God created to live in community. But I know that in a room this big, the word lonely or isolation resonates with many of you. And in a moment of self-disclosure, can I empathize for a second? Not too long ago, working as a minister here at Christ Church, that word lonely resonated with me. I couldn't really point to a friend outside of my wife that I was actively trying to follow Jesus with. Now, I don't mean, when I say friend, I don't mean somebody that I, I like and they like me back. Like, I liked plenty of people in this time of my life, and I think two or three might have liked me back. 
And it wasn't about mutual affection for the same sports team and the same hobbies. It wasn't about places that we like to eat. When I say friend, when I say I didn't have some, a friend, I'm meaning somebody who is helping me and I'm helping them become like Jesus in spiritual friendship, praying together, studying the scriptures together. I know why. It's because we have two young boys. Life got busy. We stepped out of our small group for a season of life. We got busy. I became lonely. And I recognized this, that it was a dangerous place to be. The devil had fertile ground for attack. I know this to be true about myself and it's probably true about you. I'm weakest when I'm loneliest because I was created to live in community. And so I began rather methodically, if you will, to ask other men in this church, whether it was reestablishing a friendship or beginning a new one, to practice spiritual disciplines with me so that I could grow closer to Jesus as I was going closer to a friend in Christ. I knew it was important for me to do. And I don't know your story. I don't know your thoughts on friendship, but I know this. You were created to live in friendship with one another as you follow Jesus. The Survey Center of America published this study that said 49% of Americans report having fewer than three close friends. I would put myself in that 49% during that season of my life that I just described. Let me ask you a question. Can you name three people who are regularly helping you grow in Christ? I'm not saying that you like the chiefs together. I'm not saying that you go to coffee and shoot the breeze. I'm talking about people Followers of Jesus, friends of yours, who are helping you grow in Jesus. Three is not like a magic number, it's simply a benchmark for evaluation. But I want you to pause and reflect. Do you have three names of people, followers of Jesus, who are helping you follow Jesus in friendship? If you do, that's great. Praise God. Because we all need godly friendships like this. If you don't, I would love to encourage you to be thinking throughout this sermon about people in this church, maybe people you work with who are followers of Jesus, that you might try to connect with to follow Jesus together. For some of you, this sermon, I hope it strengthens your current friendships that are rooted in Christ. For others of you, we're gonna be asking the question, how do I find friends who help me become like Jesus? And this is possible, you know. Like there are people out there who want to love Jesus and want to love other people who love Jesus, who want to be a good friend to people like you. This is possible. I was reading a post on the top 10 things people look for in a friend, and you're not gonna be surprised by the results, traits such as trustworthiness, honesty, dependability, reliability, fun loving. These are things I look for in a friend, and I assume you would too. And many of us still manage to find people in our lives who we think might be trustworthy, honest, dependable, but turns out they're just a lemon, you know? Like they're just kind of the worst when it gets down to it. Man, I've been probably, I, I'll say this, I've certainly been the aggressor in bad friendships, but I've also been the receiver of a bad friendship. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you've been there too. People you trusted that abandoned you, people who trusted that backstabbed you. We've all been in those friendships. King David... He wrote in his Psalms, I call it his Jesus Calling Journal, he wrote about his friends, jerks really. They got, they got special mention when he said in Psalm 38, my friends and companions have avoided me because of my wounds. My neighbors stay far away from me. You been there? Going through a tough time and the people you thought loved you were just not there. Psalm 41, he wrote, even my close friend, 
someone I trusted, one who shared my bread has turned against me, stabbed in the back. The reality is it's hard to find good friends and it's even harder to keep good friends. Begs the question, how do I choose friends who help me become like Jesus? How do I choose friends who will be committed to this kind of relationship? I think the wisdom in scripture is this, choose friends who are faithful to Jesus. Choose friends who are committed to self-sacrifice rather than self-interest. Choose friends who want to be in this kind of friendship that glorifies God. Now this may not be a foolproof method because every person sins, even if they love Jesus. I'm just willing to bet if they can deny themselves, take up their cross and follow Jesus, then they might just be able to be committed to you in friendship. King Solomon gives a glimpse of what this kind of committed friendship looks like. In Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Proverbs 18, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. These kinds of friends are out there. These kinds of people are out there ready to be friends with you. I think of J.R.R. Tolkien's writing in The Lord of the Rings, a cinematic excellence for sure. Also, the books are fantastic. The main character, his name is Frodo. My favorite character is Frodo's best friend. His name is Samwise Gamgee. For those of you who have not seen the 11 hours of cinematic excellence in the much longer time it took me to read the books, I will sum it up like this. Frodo is on a journey to destroy a ring. Don't worry. It's not from some like bad relationship that went south or anything like that. It's simply because, well, the Lord of the rings, his name is Sauron. He had created this ring, the one ring to rule them all. And what happened was it got lost and then the family found it. Actually, this little goblin guy kind of found it. And he, well, he was a human, then he turned into a goblin. Anyways, they found it. And then now he's supposed to turn it to Mount Doom. It's a volcano. Where he's supposed to throw it into the fire and it's going to be destroyed. Anyways, it's really hard because if Sauron gets the ring back, he can destroy all of Middle Earth and nobody's going to be able to stop him. Okay. I don't know why people think it's nerdy because it's not. All right. <laughs> it's cool. It's virtuous. It's awesome. Anyways. Frodo's laying on the side of a volcano and uh, the journey's been too tough for him, man. Like he has come to his end, he's exhausted. He's not gonna be able to make it up to the top to throw the ring into the fires of Mount Doom. Enter Samwise Gamgee, who's been by his side nearly the whole journey. Samwise looks at Frodo, who's just exhausted and he says, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. I want this kind of friend in my life, the kind of friend who will take me to the top, help me through the tough times. I'll say it like this. Our friends may, be able, not, may not be able to fix our marriages or raise our kids for us. They can't make us more disciplined. They can't make us eat a healthy diet or get our finances in check. And they certainly can't satisfy the eternal desires of our hearts, but they can be with us in the journey, helping us along the way, encouraging us in godliness and rebuking us when we sin. The good, the bad, the highs, the lows, the joins and the pains, a true friend is present, helping us become like Jesus in every season of life. It's important that we choose friends who are committed to Jesus because if they're committed to Jesus, then it's likely they'll be committed to our friendship in Christ. And praise God, that some of you have those kinds of friendship in your life. And if you currently don't, I want you to be thinking, who in my circles, who might I work with, somebody in this church that might be that kind of friend for me? Remember, extroverts, you don't have to be friends with everybody. 
And remember introverts, you need at least one of them. Choose friends who are committed to Jesus. If we want to choose friends who help us become like Jesus, we have to choose friends who are committed to Jesus and they'll be committed to us in our sanctification. Also, choose friends who act like Jesus. For the consequence of surrounding yourself with the fools is that you too will become a fool. My youth pastor, the, one that, the youth group that I went to after the food fight, he used to tell us, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Solomon says it like this. A discerning son heeds instruction, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. He also says, a man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. Now, I'm probably the biggest Garth Brooks fan in this whole room, but if the only friends that you have are those in low places, you probably don't have that many friends helping you become like Jesus, do you? We need friends who act like Jesus. Last week, I booked a fly fishing trip on a short vacation my wife and I were on. And I'm a very responsible husband who forgets to ask his wife what she would like to do on vacation. So I booked this trip and said, hey, we, we got this trip. It's going to be awesome. She'd never been before, never expressed an ounce of interest in doing anything like this. By the way, we get into the river and we're waiting. And it's like she's about to fall over. I see the look in her eyes like, I'm going to murder you once this is over. Luckily, she caught fish. So it eased the pain, you know, eased the, eased the tins. We get to the river and I think that our guide is gonna be like a retired person. I don't know why I had that in my mind. I just thought it was gonna be an older gentleman. But when we get to the river, I was surprised to find out that our guide was our exact same age. I think he was a few months younger than I was. And uh, as we were fishing, we were catching a lot of fish, which made the atmosphere pretty relaxed and we were having a good conversation. And uh, he found out that I was a pastor. He actually kept calling me pasture, like a field where cows graze. So uh, I don't think he totally knew what I did, but uh, he was opening up and just kind of telling me some of his story. And I was asking questions. And uh, when I was asking him questions, we had a lot of similarities actually in our life. Same age, both grew up in a Christian household, both love being outdoors, both have two young boys. And I was asking him about his young boys and then kind of got quiet for a second and and he said to me, well, my situation isn't exactly ideal right now. And he went on to describe how he's had a tense relationship with the boys' moms and he doesn't get to see them all that often. And, and uh, I knew from the stories that he was telling me that he didn't hang out with people who love Jesus. Like I could just tell from the stories that he was telling about the things that he had done with other people. And I thought back to my youth pastor's quote, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Now, to be sure, I'm a sinner just like he is. But the difference between he and I and why my life, while it started in a similar place, looks different than his right now is because I've tried to do two things, imperfectly, but I've tried. To live my life as close as I can to Jesus and as close as I can to other people who love Jesus. And the result of that will be a future that is bright. Now, my youth pastor told me that when I was 18, standing in the river last week at 28, I looked back and saw his wisdom to be true. The same is not just true for an 18-year-old, but a 45-year-old going on 55. Show me your friends at 45, I'll show you your future at 55. There is a direct correlation between our present friendships and our future reality. Why? Because our friends can help us become like Jesus. Or they won't. Either one is going to be your reality. And it all depends on the company that you keep. Now... To be sure, I'm not saying we shouldn't fall, hang out with people who don't look like Jesus. I hang out with Chip Songer. You know what I'm saying? The worship minister here. 
with all those pagan tattoos and stuff he's got going on. I'm just saying that our closest friends need to be people who are close with Jesus. What do these kind of people look like? Simple put, simply put, they look like Jesus. But more specifically, when you're looking for these friends, look for people who are faithful to their spouses, people who are celibate in singleness, people who are generous with what they have, people who serve time, serve others with their time. Look for those who read their Bible, pray, fasting, praise to God, who are already living in community with other Christians. Solomon says it like this in the Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Friends who live like Jesus will help us live like Jesus. The opposite is true. If your closest friends are cheating on their spouses, it's true that you're more likely to cheat on your spouse. If your closest friends are sleeping around, you'll be more likely to sleep around. If your closest friends are getting drunk on the weekends, you're more likely to get drunk on the weekends. If your your closest friends are greedy and selfish, you're more likely to be greedy and selfish. I'll say it like this. If your closest friends aren't living like Jesus, you're less likely to live like Jesus. That's just the reality. Now, we, we've been searching the scriptures in the Proverbs and in the Psalms. And what we've gleaned from this is that if we want to be friends with people who help us become like Jesus, we need to find people who are committed to Jesus and people who act like Jesus. That combination will make for a good friend. Earlier I asked you, to be thinking or reflecting on people in your life whom you might ask to be this kind of friend for you. Do you have their name? Like I know that this may be a tough thing for you to do, but I want you to try to connect with them. I know that some of you in this room may be here because of a bad relationship that you had with somebody in another church. Like you came to this place to escape people and find a place in the crowd to sit in these rows. But we don't want you to just sit in these rows. We want you to sit in circles, in classes, and in small groups, in living rooms, at restaurants. We want you to occupy seats in all of these places so that you can be in community with other followers of Jesus here at Christ Church. We want you to occupy relationships in the lives of other people here, helping them become like Jesus as they're helping you become like Jesus. And this is not transactional. I know the language sounds like that. It's simply how we were created to live. This is what we were created for to glorify God by becoming more like Jesus. And one of the primary ways, and you can't do it without this, is by living in community with other followers of Jesus. Do you have a name? Like David had Jonathan. Shadrach had Meshach. Meshach had Abednego. Abednego had Shadrach. Peter had John. Paul had Timothy. Who do you have? I've got Michael and and, and Elijah and Cooper and Nick and and Spencer, men that I've become friends with and tried to be a good friend to because I want to become more like Jesus in my friendship with them and I want the same for them. Who do you have? I'm gonna ask you to, to respond to what we've heard today in the scriptures. And here's how I'm gonna ask you to do it. Some of you in the room today have these kinds of friendships. And what I would love for you to do, no preacher rarely says this, is I want you to take out your phone, okay, reach into your pocket, your purse right now, and get your phone if you have these kinds of friendships. I want you to pull up their name or their number, maybe get them on social media, and I want you to message them. 
And I want you to say thank you to them in your own words for being this kind of friend to you. They may be sitting in the room. If they're sitting right next to you, just whisper it in their ear. Don't be that weird. But if they're in the room, text them. If they go to a different church, but they're helping you follow Jesus, text them, encourage them. I'm giving you permission to stop listening to this sermon. Get on your phone and message your friend. Please do that right now. Those of you who don't have this kind of friendship. Maybe you've been thinking about a name, though. What I want you to do is get out your phone. If you have their number, I want you to, to text them. If you have them on social media, I want you to message them there. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask them if they can get together this week, like before you come into this room next Sunday, to go to coffee, to go to lunch, to come over to your house for the express purpose of telling them that you want to be better friends with them. I know it sounds so awkward, right? Like for somebody like me who has a hard time making friends, I'm the best at small talk, but I have a hard time actually making friends. I know that there's some of you like this in the room and it's gonna feel incredibly uncomfortable, but you were created for community. You were created for friendship. And sometimes friendship takes courage. And so if you're in this boat and you have a name, what I want you to do is to text them or message them on social media to get together this week and tell them that you want to become better friends with them and help them as they help you follow Jesus. If that's you, stop listening to me, message your friend. Now, those of you in the room who don't have a name, maybe you were thinking about it, but nothing came to your mind, no name came to your mind. Or maybe those of you who are really, really new to Christ Church and you simply don't know all that many people. What I'm going to ask you to do is contact my friend Elijah. His number is, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. Elijah is overseeing our group's ministry right now. And I wanna encourage you to sign up for Rooted, which will begin in the fall. There's gonna be some information that pops up on the screen regarding how you can get connected to Rooted. And Elijah's gonna be overseeing this experience. It starts in the fall. It's a small group experience to get you plugged in to following Jesus with other people. And if you have any questions, his, his information's gonna pop up on the screen and you can contact him. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm going to leave. I'm gonna give about two minutes for you to message whoever you need to message. Then there's gonna be a slide that pops up on the screen saying you are dismissed. I promise it's not gonna be more than two minutes. Please stay where you are and allow this atmosphere to continue. Get out your cell phone and text in church. Hey, if you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to remember this. Be friends with people who help you be like Jesus. Go ahead and send those messages. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.